Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. He's here. <laughs> I'd be very cool. All right. <laughs> oh my God! Baby! Baby! <laughs> Baby! <laughs> Come in. I'm so glad to see you. You look awesome. It'll be my first time meeting David. I'm not sure what to expect. Hey. David. Hey, hey. what's up, baby? Hey, Carl. What's happening? Oh, man. <laughs> it's been years. Almost a decade, you know what I'm saying? Come and on, this man. is Tiger, Tiger David. Hello, how about you, man? What is it, man? You want the same damn height? <laughs> Almost. The brotherhood is together. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, our Seeking Brother Husband edition. I am just going to tell you guys right now that for the remainder of the season, I'm going to be releasing these episodes on Wednesday uh, instead of Tuesday. So that's the tea with me. Let's get into the tea that I just happened to see completely organically. I was on TikTok what, yesterday? And just so happened, I don't even follow her, to see Tasha from Seeking Sister Wife on her TikTok Live. She is, if you guys don't remember, Tasha uh, was Sidian's partner. They were, um, at last we saw them seeking Ariel, who, does she live in the Philippines? Yeah. Um, and they had, like, before that, struck out several times locally, went internationally, and the future looked really bright for them, honestly. Um, so what I was able to catch from the couple minutes that I felt like watching were the following. One, they're not with Ariel anymore. <laughs> so we can forget that. Two, they're not actively seeking anybody. They're like open to it, but it's not something that they're actively trying to do. But with regard to the show, I think from what I gleaned, they haven't even filmed not a scene for a future season. And she said that she had uh, messaged, I guess, production, DM them or emailed them multiple times <clears throat> since the show's been off air and they haven't gotten back to her. And so that's the rub. Not looking like we're getting Seeking Sister Wife uh, possibly ever, but certainly not anytime soon, which I'm disappointed about because I thought we were going to be rolling right into Seeking Sister Wife right after this. So that's a real bummer. She also puts out a theory, which she says, take with a grain of salt. This is just her thinking, but she thinks that what they're doing is waiting until the end of Seeking Brother Husband to, um, see what happens with the ratings and then like judge and compare which franchise did better and then move forward which with whichever one uh was best. So <laughs> I'm bummed. I'm really bummed out about that. Um uh, but yeah, breaking news. Breaking news from me to you, according to Tasha from Seeking Sister Wife's TikTok Live. With that being said, multiple of you guys have reached out to me, and I haven't talked about this on the podcast, but yes, I do know that Carl of Kenya, Carl and Tiger, does have a whole ass wife <laughs> and a whole relationship with her. So yeah, I mean, that really lends a lot more credence as to why he's totally fine being in his own bedroom, texting away or playing online chess or words with friends or whatever the hell he's doing in there, because he's got a whole ass wife. It <laughs> 
this show. I mean, there's no way that this show could possibly be doing ratings-wise better than Seeking Sister Wife. That can't be true. (laughs) So, if Tasha's theory is correct, or rather, uh, yeah, Tasha's theory is correct, uh, yeah, let's get our girls back. Let's get them back. Like, why am I sitting here missing Mr. Peanut? And why are we not filming them? Mr. Peanut, as you guys know, um, what is his actual name? I call that man Mr. Peanut. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> so once we met from last season, he was the uh, politician with the two beautiful black girlfriends. One was a wife, one was a girlfriend. Oh man, hold on. The Epps family. I, wasn't it coming out that Crystalline, who was with the Snowdens from Seeking Sister Wife, that couple that was on like for the first three seasons until all that shit went down, she was a South African one that um, Homie actually illegally married because, you know, South Africa. And then they ended up having a huge bunch of drama after the season where she claimed that he was being abusive and sexually abusive and that like being held hostage at one point by both of them, both Demetri and Ashley. So... I'm, the streets are saying, and Instagram, frankly, is saying that Crystalline is now with the Epps family. She's like part of their family unit, or she at least was until very recently. So why do we not have cameras up on them? Why? What's going on with Garrick? Every Garrick clearly needs the attention because every, I don't know, three weeks, he's popping a titty out on Instagram and then trying to hide his slutting himself out um by putting weird bible verses in it like i don't need to talk about how anointed you are put a shirt on sir what the hell does this have to do with your pectoral muscles weird ass get them back on my television is what i'm saying but anyway we got to talk about the show that's actually on air let's get into seeking brother husband this week who do we want to talk about i should get out of the way first uh i guess we should start with shara patrick and noble so shara as we know is still on the hunt for anybody in america to put a baby in her so she's on yet another date with a man this time named valentino i guess we've gotten rid of deandre from last week and we find out that this man Valentino lives in Texas, but she met him two months ago at a damn grocery store. This man is also wearing a maroon colored shirt, just like DeAndre from last week. And I'm thinking Shara must be telling these men to wear that because she's now wearing a matching maroon dress. It's a lot. How does she meet these men? It's beyond me. She said last week she met DeAndre at his aunt's boutique. And now she's meeting this out-of-state dude at, like, what? The line for the pub subs at Publix? I don't get it. This woman's really got something. And I don't know what it is. So she says that since she met Valentino a couple uh, months ago, they've been FaceTiming, they've been keeping in touch with each other. Now he's back in town, and this is going to be their first date. You guys. (laughs) Valentino. Has the nerve. Valentino says that he is a creative. Everybody's so creative, right? He is a creative, so he wanted to bring Shara into his world of taking photos and creating content. So their first date is a damn couple's photo shoot. Like, this is the type of photo shoot that you get, you know, when you're expecting, engaged. A first damn date? And the last time I met you was What? Next to the salad dressings? No. We're not doing this. Valentino, what is your job? Quickly. What do you do for a living? Take... Never mind. Valentino says Shara was really upfront with him about her situation, but he's never dated a woman who's had multiple partners before. This is all new to him. But he seems very into it, or at least into Shara or something. So Shara gets poetic and says... You know, in comparison to FaceTime, it's so different to meet somebody in real time. (sighs) This is about the corniest fucking photo shoot I've ever seen in my life. He's kissing her hand like at at a fucking renaissance fair at some point. It's just a lot. It's a lot for a first date or, you know, even... This is like date 45, maybe. Maybe we can get into the photo, photo studio... At date 45. Let's talk about that. But not a minute before. 
Not a second. Not a second. Shara has a very interesting cadence to her speech. Like, it's childlike and lilting, but it's also like she's never heard of syntax. She's like, I wonder what we're going to do with our photos. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, probably I'll, we're going to show the kids 50 years from now and be like, okay, look, look at your parents on the first date. <laughs> How old is Shara? Honestly, Shara gives off a vibe of, like, she could truly be anywhere between 19 and 45. Like, I truly cannot tell if she turns on the radio, are we listening to Ice Spice or are we listening to Jill Scott? I don't know. I'm honestly not sure. But anyway, she gets right to it. She's acting, she's giving 45. Because she gets right to it with Valentino. It's like, what's the deal with us being long distance? Do I see you every week? Do I see you every two weeks? I think that's, excuse me, it says, do I see you every other week or do I see you every two weeks? <laughs> I feel like that's the same thing, babe. But Valentino tries not to answer. He tries real hard to like slick Willie his way around this and be like, well, you know, I feel like we both have our jobs and our commitments and our life going on. And I just think that when we do get together, we just won't be so bombarded with the extra stuff. What does that mean? That is not what she asks her. But Shara goes, what do you mean exactly? Like, what extra stuff are you referring to? So he goes, well, your husband. Your husband would be extra stuff. So she goes, well, okay. I know you don't have any children. And he goes, no, 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 no. Mm -mm." She, She does not take the hint. Well, I'm wondering, like, are you not trying to have any children? So he says at this point, He doesn't think he's responsible enough to handle kids right now. But he does, like, do I want them in the future? Sure. You know when they say, when somebody tells you who you are, believe them the first time? I'm going to admit, full stop, I rarely heed that advice. But this would be the one where I think, we got to listen. If a man tells you, I don't feel responsible enough to raise children, believe him. Free yourself, girl. Free yourself. And then Shara does the complete freaking opposite. Excuse me. She says, Valentino not wanting to have kids right now is concerning. What? (laughs) Seems like the opposite. Green flag. Green flag. You're not even finished on your first date. He doesn't even want to commit to seeing you every other week at this point. Not even once a month. And you say him not wanting to have children with you right now (laughs) is concerning? I don't know if you know what that word means, but okay. Then she goes, you know, I figure Rome wasn't built in the night. Again, not the saying, but she goes, and this is our first date. Yeah, Shara, this is our first date. So maybe, maybe I should take it slow. You think? After that, we flash forward a few weeks and Shara says she and Valentino have kept up their communication. They've been FaceTiming before bed every night. And now she thinks it's time to introduce him to Patrick. You guys. I mean, Spider-Man meme. These men look so very similar. So much so that Valentino says to Patrick, it's like looking in a mirror. Truly the only difference between them is that Valentino has like a little thumbprint on his forehead. And that's like the only way you can tell the difference between them. It's, I mean, does Patrick have a little bit more real estate when it comes to the cranium? Yes. Did I see a tweet in which somebody said that he very nearly resembled one of those uh, Wii characters you know when, when you're in the beginning of the Wii games and you have to come up with a me I think they used to call him a me and you, it kind of looked like you it was like a character that did your games and it kind of looked like you and that's what Patrick looks like he looks like the black bald man version of that Wii person I didn't say that I'm just reporting it you don't hear me laughing either that's growth I'm just telling you what you said and if you laugh that's your choice I'm not saying it's funny I'm just saying the option is open if you want to chuckle. But I'm not doing it. They aren't going to catch me, okay? Anyway, these two men and Shara meet up at a pool hall. 
have a little game, right? And talk through their relationship dynamic and how it's all going to work down. So Valentino seems pretty chill. They sit down for like a half order of chicken wings. And like I said, Valentino's pretty chill. And he says what is most important to him is just to know that I'm being accepted. I want to be accepted in every space in my life. And this relationship would be one of those. Patrick says in a confessional that compared to Noble, Valentino's like a lot more laid back. He's a listener. He's actually engaged in Shara and wants to know like what she's interested in. Tries to keep her attention. And he thinks that overall, they're just a lot more compatible than uh, what the hell is going on with Noble. We know you hate Noble. You do not want that man sitting in your kitchen. And you don't want him in the basement either. We know. Y'all are sitting there cackling in bed about the thought of him moving back in. We know. Y'all didn't need to bring Noble here at all. To what end? What did Noble get out of this? He, I hope he got at least like a Subway coupon. A $50 gift card? At least. He's, Noble has like big Subway energy. Which is no... Not a, not a, don't come for me. Okay. I don't have time. He just does. He just does. I feel like this is the second time in not 14 minutes of this podcast that I've talked about sub, sub sandwiches. So I think I got to eat lunch after this. So Shara tells these men, I know you guys are both very busy. Gosh, why did I pick two men who both have jobs? (laughs) Can you imagine? But you guys also know that I want to have a baby. So Patrick says, I'm just going to put the elephant on the table right now. Valentino, how would you feel about having a baby with her? So Valentino says, um, so like right now, like if it was to happen right now, they're like, yeah, yeah. How would you feel? He says again, I just don't think my responsibilities are there right now. And when Patrick says, so what are you saying? You can't juggle? (laughs) Valentino says, yeah, I mean, I could. But I probably shouldn't. And so Shara has the nerve to say in a confessional, Valentino seems like he's really concerned about his work and and being stable. And that's a concern for me. Girl, what? (laughs) She lives in a different world. She lives in a very opposite world. She is fascinating to watch the Shara. The only woman in the country who's still meeting men down to the grocery store. (laughs) Who are willing to commit to her via photo shoot on the first damn date. And we're having serious conversations. Like real conversations as to whether or not it's appropriate for them to start having to try to have children right now. Shout out to her. Salute a bad bitch when you see one. (laughs) In order to enjoy this show more, which I already am, I, in my mind, like, Shara's, like, Shara's the baddie of the season, Shara the stallion, I'm, I'm really gonna lean into that moving forward, (laughs) so I hope you're uh, happy to come along on this journey with me. Let's move on to, ooh, who should we talk about? I think we'll get into Carl, Kenya, Colored Contacts. So Kenya's telling Tiger... Today's a huge day. They're all in their living room, which actually it occurred to me, have they filmed outside of their living room since this show has begun? Outside of them filming where they were looking at that new townhouse. Have we seen them outside of the living room or the kitchen? I don't think so. It's like room. <laughs> this is like room. But anyway, she's bouncing around. The, Kenya's bouncing around. She is It's like, you guys, it's a huge day because David, my ex is coming. She explains to us that she and David have been together since uh, they were together from 2009 to 2014. He loved Carl. He understood what it was because she was already married to Carl. They were established, but kind of like Vincent with Kim and Dustin, he didn't really like the idea of other men being involved. But since then, David has reached out. He told Kenya, I get it. I understand the lifestyle now. So he has decided to come to wherever the hell they are, Texas, to, uh, like, talk. So they all gather in the living room. He gets there. 
Oh, no, sorry. This is before he gets there. They all gather in the living room. And by they, I mean Kenya, Carl, and Tiger. So they're, like, talking about strategy. All of them wearing coordinating blue, by the way. I noticed that. Corny asses. But they're, like, talking about, like, how how are we going to do this, right? Carl says, we need to make sure that David understands that, like, he is going to be included. It's going to be him, Tiger, Carl, all of them, brothers, an overall communion with each other. David needs to understand that. Carl says in a confessional that he knows David. He knows the relationship that he had with Kenya. It was passionate, but also at the same time, it was like tumultuous. So according to him, it was a very interesting relationship. Kenya is waiting. She is so excited for David to come She's sitting in between Carl and Tiger, right? Holding on to one of... She's got, like, hold, hold Tiger's hand with one hand and the, the other one with the other. Like, like a person who's waiting to find out if, they're, if they made it to Hollywood on American Idol. Like, oh, what's going to happen? Okay, let's all pray together. He knocks on the door. She's like, whoo! She sprints to the door. Like, she's a runner. She's a track star. I could not believe it. Jumping into his arms, giggling, David, baby, I'm so glad to see you. So glad to see you, David. Tiger and his contacts say that this is the first time that he's meeting David. So he's really not sure what to expect. I'm not really sure what to expect. David looks like, like if Tyrese had an older brother. Is that the nicest way I can say it? It looks like like you could see the family resemblance, but you just know that like the execution was a little bit different. That we're all, we're just gonna leave it leave it like that, okay? So the guys are all greeting each other. Kenya is legitimately jumping up and down, like, "Woo! The brotherhood is together." She this bitch just hit the biggest lick of her life. Like I got this dude now who's willing to blow my back out. Carl, who is managing all these men's feelings. And there we have Tiger and whatever his colored contacts are bringing to the table. Doesn't seem like much. So Tiger and Carl say in a dual interview, uh, yeah, Kenya was very giddy. We haven't seen her like that in a while, have you? Mm-mm. No, I haven't in a while. And then he, <laughs> Carl says, yeah, she was kind of tripping over herself quite a state tiger says that he's scared shaking crying screaming throwing up on the inside because he's getting kicked out of kenya's bedroom just as another person is coming into her life kenya introduces david to her dog moonstone and she goes look moonstone that's david that's daddy number three jumping up and down again laughing <laughs> Daddy number three, <laughs> David mumbles. He's like, oh, well, we're going to have to talk about that. So Carl asks him, well, you know, what do you think about reconciling now? Like, what is the difference between why you guys couldn't make it work back then and now? David says, I'm taking care of my mom. I've got things going on. I just, like, don't really have time to devote 100% to a relationship. But I still want the affection and the love. And Kenya's just... Sitting there like, "Mm mm-hmm, that makes total sense. That seems like a very fair deal. (laughs) This seems like hell on wheels, hell on earth, a bad thing from the beginning, but okay. Okay. He goes on to say, I feel like Kenya is the only person who understands my lifestyle right now, and it just makes sense. So this brings me to the, the cab light theory. I think this originated on Sex in the City, or that's when I heard it, where it's just like men are like cabs. They put their lights on to, uh, you know, signal to the ladies that they're available and whoever feels like picking them up, that's who it is. It's not really about love for them. It's just like, oh, I'm ready. My light is on and I'm just going to take the next chick who waves her little arm around. I feel like David has been driving around the city for a long time on like three wheels And he hasn't vacuumed out the back. It kind of smells like corn chips. And, you know, it's just, like, not a vibe. Like, that black ice uh, freshener can only do so much. 
It can only do so much. And so I feel like he's been wanting to be in a relationship on some fuck shit. Nobody's been waving their little arm around because they don't want him. They don't want to get picked up. And so he's like, well, you know what? There was this woman once when I first started out in my career where she gave me her number. You know, I took her to the airport once and I gave her my card. And then like we struck up a deal where, you know, like I would just like do jobs for her on the side. Like I pick her up on the side and we could bypass the Uber. And, you know, let me just see. And she picked up the phone and was like, yeah, I'll take you back. And I feel like that's all this is. And frankly, Kenya's been pretty honest. She just needs a reliable car to take her from point A to point B. Point A is the living room. Point B is the bedroom. That's all she needs. At this point, Kenya pretends like she's got to go walk Moonstone so that the guys can have a little time to all have a little men's summit together, right? So... Kenya seems to be under the impression that it's a flex to have the men like, oh, this is so great. What a what a plus of being a uh, having brother husbands is that I can use these men to vet the new men in my life. And first of all, girl, that's where we're uh, cross at a crossroads because never in my life would I leave any chucklehead in charge of picking out another chucklehead for me. Not happening. No, thank you. Carl tells David that at this point, they're all a unit. They're all living together in this two-bedroom apartment. It's a whole thing. It's a package deal. Tiger tells him, um, has, uh, Kenya told you anything about what's going on with us? And David's like, no. And he's like, okay, cool. Well, I just feel like I'm looking to do a commitment ceremony with Kenya to solidify that we're lifelong partners, but I just can't figure out why she's been so hesitant. So I'm just really trying to figure out what's going on with that. And all David can say is, hmm, because David doesn't care. He doesn't care about this. He doesn't want to be involved. This is not his circus. And he's not, no, he's not doing it. That's a you problem, Tiger. I don't know what to tell you, my boy. So Carl tells David, yeah, we're kind of going through that right now. And I'll be honest with you, you're coming into the picture right now is kind of sensitive. So David says, Whatever you guys going on, got going on in terms of tension, I'm going to make sure I'm not part of whatever that is. <laughs> I just want to be in addition to whatever you guys are building. Building. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. None of this. Whatever the hell Tiger said. My name is Bennett and I'm not in it. David says, you know, when Carl's asking me these straightforward questions, I wasn't really prepared for, but... My intentions are nothing but good. So David says he just wants to make sure he doesn't like cause any issues. And if he can stay out of it and he can stay out of the way, he will. Tiger says in a confessional, David seems fine, but like genuinely it's starting to feel a little suspect that he's being moved out right as someone's being moved in. What is suspicious about this? That's been your entire, you, Tiger, this has been half of your storyline. Kenya has made it very clear that you were not giving up the cookie. Y'all have been fighting every morning for months because of it. She wants the cookie. You're not open up to the jar. She has made it very clear that she wants to have an additional bedroom. You guys have gone to a home to tour the bedroom because she wants another one. And she sat there and saw your little tiny bedroom with the two bunk beds and had a good kiki laughing at you. 
a little boy in his little boy bedroom while she fucks somebody else in the, in the primary. And then she's had Carl speak to you in the living room about moving out of the same bedroom and how to adjust to that. Like he had to, this man, David is currently in your living room talking about joining your communion. As Carl says, what's not clicking with you? She's been abundantly clear. You're out. Later, Carl and Tiger leave Kenya and David to themselves in the apartment. And again, why couldn't they just like go on a date? Why couldn't they go on a date? Did you just leave? Because in my mind, like Carl and Tiger, she was just like, okay, I'll give you guys, I, I have four singles in my purse. You guys can split that. Go down to the rec center down in the apartment building, get you like a nice little Coke and you guys can split a couple snacks and then come back up in about 45 minutes to an hour. It's all I need. It's weird. Why aren't y'all going anywhere? It also occurred to me, and I don't know why it just occurred to me. Why are there no children that exist on this show? We're sold this idea that like everybody has children, I think, with the exception of Shara, uh, but Patrick has kids. All of these people have children, and yet we don't see Nan one of them. And yet it's so different from, like, seeking sister wife or sister wives where you're, like, the family is pretty cornerstone to the whole situation. And so we're always seeing the kids in some capacity, or at least talking about the children. And yet kids don't exist on Seeking Brother Husband. And I think that's very interesting. So, uh, Shara and, um, David open, excuse me, Kenya and David rather open up a glass of, you know, barefoot bubbly. They kind of sit down and get into their history. David says, you know, we had a really hurtful past. I know you were hurt, but I was too. So David breaks it down a little bit more for us and says he fully knew that Kenya was married when they got together. That wasn't the issue, but he didn't want her to be with other people because he felt like, if I'm not enough, if me and Carl are not enough, then what can he do? What can he bring to the situation? So Kenya says, well, back then I tried to tell you I'm a freedom-based person. So I just couldn't understand why you couldn't see that I do still love you, even though I make mistakes. Well, you're saying you made mistakes. So maybe that's why he's upset. You can't say, like, why don't you see that I still love you even though I fucked up on multiple occasions? That's exactly why. You answered your own question. And this is where Kenya's got the game fucked up. You can't be free and in a relationship. <laughs> you're married. You're not free. If you're making financial decisions with somebody, if you're living with somebody, if you're in a relationship, if you're having sex with them and, and doing all that, you're not that free. I mean, there it's different kinds of free. You can feel like a free person, like you're able to make your own decisions, but, uh, your freedom to just like do whatever the fuck you want is what sounds like it's <laughs> not acceptable. Not in a real relationship, not even in a polyamorous one. Are you just like allowed to do whatever the fuck you want? So this feels like the disconnect for me, Kenya. Kenya's like a real fuck boy. In a way that I haven't seen in a straight woman. And like, I'm kind of, I sort of want to celebrate it, but also I shouldn't, you know, <laughs> I really shouldn't, but that's equality. Kenneth says in a confessional that David was actually the one who broke up with her. And it was really sad because he was close to being hubby number two, but they just couldn't cross that threshold because David started getting possessive. And that was a really big problem. So David says that he feels like he gets it now. He gets their dynamic. And he says, given Shara exactly what she would like, what do you think we should do? I live in New York. Like, so do I come down here and visit a few days a week? You can come down and stay with me in New York. And she's like, well, funny you should ask. I'm trying to get a new bedroom for this exact situation. So Kenya tells us she just feels like David's with her. He's always been with her. They haven't broken up. As she said last week, I'm always in some form of a relationship with all of my partners. We never break up, but turns out he dumped you. Seems like he did. But she says David's always with her in her heart, in her body, in her loins, in her panties, 
entered her soul. And so because of that, she just like doesn't know how it would work if they were doing long distance. I, well, I thought you were free. But you're not free to hop on a Southwest flight, are you? Not so free now, are we? <laughs> so then she proposes that they do some body painting. So they're like, okay, let's pop down the shower curtain and get to work. Uh, she does a little massage. She puts some crystals down on the shower curtain for whatever reason to build his chi up or whatever. And then he starts painting her. And ooh, oh, this feels so good. Ooh. Oh, David. So good. This feels great. Cold ass paint on my body. I'm starting to feel things that I've never felt before. And see, Tiger, this is why your ass is getting kicked out of the bedroom. All you're telling you is some rose art is enough to get this woman's mojo going. You're failing. And that's just the truth. Fortunately, we don't have to suffer through that too uh, bad because I think she knew they only had about 15 minutes left. So she's like, all right, let's go get into the bathtub. Um, and poor Moonstone has to watch them from the side. Like, what are you doing with my mommy? Who is this man? What is all this paint? Anyway, let's move on to... Ooh. Let's move on to Kim... Dustin and Vincent, who actually I think are my favorite uh, relationship of the season because I think Vincent's trying to tell us something and I keep picking up on it and now my hands are tied. I think this is unmistakably a racial situation happening between Vincent and Kim and like they're just not talking about it and I really wish they would. So here we go. We start off with the scene. Vincent's not actually not there. We're starting off with Ryan. Kim puts her bang to the side because she's about to meet up with her first date with him. And they're going to go roller skating. So honestly, it's pretty good that she pushed that thick-ass bang back because you need full full vision if you're going to be on some skates. Dustin, in his parachute pants, walk her to the car. And he says, you know, do I have twinges of jealousy? Yeah. But it's a process, and I trust her, and I'm actually really excited for her. You can see it? I'm so happy. Thrilled. So when Kim pulls up, Ryan has his own skates, and he tries to play it real humble, like, oh, yeah, I blew the dust off of these to come here. Hopefully I still have some tricks. Now, audience, let's hold some hands real quick. Let's just be real here. Have you ever seen... A straight white man pull anything out like a skate or an acoustic guitar or a hacky sack and he's doing all this fake humble shit you know it's because he thinks he's about to do something impressive he's like oh i'm about to kill these hoes and i'm gonna i'm gonna get them with the get get you gotcha for first and be like oh i hope i still have some tricks here bitch when he they get on the skating rink She's in her, you know, classic rental skates. This man has rollerblades with light-up wheels, bitch. Ain't no dust on that, bitch. Come on. Ryan, I don't want you to act like you don't know the manager's name and that you guys aren't the very best of friends. Like, you're not out here three times a week bothering whatever a Christian middle school gets to go there for, you know, an afternoon. And you're whizzing past them. And you're like, play Wiz Khalifa. I don't want to listen to this shit. I want to listen to Pursuit of Happiness because I have a whole routine choreographed to it. Don't play me, Ryan. I know what I'm looking at. Anyway, they sit down after he does like his little backwards and his figure eights or whatever. Y'all, they split a bag of M&Ms, which is not the issue. I mean, it is something is unsettling about that, but I can move on. The deeply unsettling part is that they just put those raw-ass, loose M&Ms on the table. I can't imagine the cleanliness level, what germs and microbes and universes exist on any, you know, table of a bowling alley or a skating rink in any part of America. It's not even Asheville. I mean, bitch, that shit must have had SARS. <laughs> Every strain of COVID. Monkey pox. Chicken pox. Some other kind of pox. Listeria. Disturbia. 
anything. And you're just like, share. Oh, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Ooh, yuck. So Kim asked Ryan if he's seeing anybody. He's like, yeah, I keep a pocket full. <clears throat> Ryan tells production he's not sure what happens, you know, like when the feels come in. But first of all, I feel like he's too old to be using the term feels, but that's neither here nor there. He says, you know, it just seems like things would get complex trying to figure out like what Kim gives emotionally to Dustin versus somebody else. What does she give me? What does she give to the other person? So he's not really sure what it is that Kim's looking for, which is a very fair thing. Kim doesn't really seem to know what she's looking for because at one point she says that she appreciates Ryan asking the questions that she's asking her because it's like helping her to figure out what she wants in a relationship as well. I don't think Kim is built for this. So Ryan tells Kim, I was wondering like what the intentions are because mine are just to generally not be anything but a good person, but you're the one who's got like a family, you've got emotional responsibilities to other humans you kind of have to take the lead with that stuff a little bit, like how you want your relationship to go, right? Because you have children. It's not just Dustin. You also have kids. So then Kim says, well, it's important to Dustin to be close to the men that I'm dating. And Ryan goes, okay, but you're not expecting me to like make out with Dustin. Like, is that, that's not part of the whole mix here. Like he's a handsome fella, but uh, right. Like I don't have to do that. Right. And Kim's like, no, that's not a requirement. But, like, is it an option? I feel like we need clarification on that one. So then Kim says that ideally it would be good to have somebody who integrates into the family or at least, like, hang out with them, be around. And Ryan's like, yeah, I don't really know if, like, I'm going to be the one who's like, hey, time to have family night. I'm hosting it over my house. Like, I don't feel like that's going to be happening very often. So Kim says, listen, I really like his energy. I think I'm looking for somebody a little bit more serious, but I do like him and I would like to hang out with him more. Seems like poor choice, but that's on you, girl. So later she and Vincent go to play putt-putt. Kim's, the way she tells it, she and Vincent had a good time at that party where he was just sitting by himself for the most of it, but it was kind of awkward and they haven't really seen each other since then. So she wants to clear the air and check in on him, which to me is like, she just wants to not feel bad about being an asshole to him now. Cause she sold us this event. Like I'm throwing this party or I'm inviting Vincent so that he can be a part of my world. I can introduce him to my friend. He can get what it's all about. But really her version of like, I'm going to be doing this for him is I'm going to be flirting with a dude right five feet away from him and then barely speak to him. And that's it. I'm just going to make him watch me flirt with somebody else. <laughs> So Vincent says he's really looking forward to talking through some things with Kim because he's got some feelings. Kim starts off all light and bright. Like, yeah, it was a really fun party the other night. And he's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Kim says, I know it was a lot being around new people, especially around people that you don't really know. Like, I get that. So Vincent says, yeah, that and you just seemed to be avoiding me a little bit. And I just really didn't feel very welcome. Like, it seemed like a nice play to say hi and like meet and greet. But when it came down to it, like how people felt about me really being in that space, it just, I didn't feel very welcome. And so Kim goes, mm, well, I'm sorry you felt that way. What's going on? If you're telling me. That, like, it seemed like a nice play. It seemed like everything seemed good on the surface. But when it came down to things, I didn't really feel welcome. I didn't feel like these people were welcoming me, welcoming me into that space. That's giving. Because you were the only black person at this place with a bunch of white people. And you're telling me that you don't feel welcome. I don't know how else to interpret that other than, like, I feel like your friends don't accept me. As a black man. What else am I supposed to take from that? 
He's also made mention of the fact that he feels like Kim is like, oh, all good and fun. Like, here's Vincent. Let's take him off the shelf. But then when we're done with him, he just goes home and that's it. Like, we're done playing with him. Something about this is giving, like, fetishism. Like, she's just not getting it. And it's like, well, I'm sorry you felt that way. So then in a confessional, Kim says... Maybe me being more attentive would have made him more comfortable, but I also feel like I did my best in the situation. And there were a lot of people there, and I just wasn't going to be attached to his hip the whole night, especially when we're kind of in this unknown. That's rude, is it? Not rude. (laughs) Why did you bring him? If you're feeling like I don't owe him anything because we're not in a relationship. So like I didn't really owe this man my full attention, even though I know he's going into a space where he doesn't really know anybody else. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. But why did you invite him so he could be exposed to your life? But then you're also like, I'm just going to kick it. There weren't that many people there. And it also really wasn't your party. You're not, you, she wasn't really the host. It was like eight dudes. And that chick that was like, your lifestyle is weird and I'm not going to do it. Even though nobody fucking asked her. (laughs) I think that seems fine. You seem perfectly fine spending a lot of uh, one-on-one time with Ryan. And Ryan seemed to know people there. So why couldn't Vincent get the same thing? Why did you invite him if you weren't... You don't invite people to parties where you know they don't know other people. And then just be like, well, you're on your own, kid. (laughs) That Like, we don't do that, right? So then Kim says, well, I would like to try to be romantic with you again. But like, you know, at this point, if you're going to be involved with me, you just need to know that I'm going to have Dustin. I'm going to have my husband and other people as well. But if like you can't do that and you're not okay with me seeing other people when I want to, then that's fine. So Vincent says, I get that, but I just don't want to feel like I'm just an accessory. I'm nobody's accessory. So Kim says, well, I get that. And I don't want you to feel like an accessory. And at least I want you in my world as a friend. Can you even do that? To which Vincent says, no, I'm not that person. Like, I can't go to that extreme where we're in a relationship with you and then go and be platonic. And then now I'm supposed to sit around as your friend and watch you hook up with people that you like to be around. And I no longer get that, you know, with you. So Kim says, well, you can have that, but you need to be willing to share and to be open. So this is like the only part where I feel like, okay, she has been open about that, but I also feel like she's not listening to Vincent. She's not like, I feel like he's dropping serious hints and she's just like, yeah, but what about what I want? Are you in or are you out? That's all I'm hearing. But also this would be another moment where Vincent, like, she's telling you who she is, so you need to believe her. Like, that little party is what your life is going to be like. This was her attempt to get you back in her life, and that's what she did. She did little hula hoop dances around some dude who wears uh, denim page boy hats in front of you, gleefully. So if that's the life you want, you've seen it. You're going to be sitting at the party alone. The only black guy at the party. This is going to be your life. Nobody's talking to you. So think about that, Vincent. Like, truly. (laughs) So then Kim tries to change the subject in the most asshole way. She goes, well, I see that at the party you were and Ryan were chatting a little bit. So that's good. And Vincent goes, yeah. What's the deal with you? What are your intentions with Ryan? And she goes, yeah, like, we, I actually went on a date with him the other day. So you specific, he just told you about his insecurities and you're like, "Mm." again, not listening to him and just like slyly bringing up again, the thing that, you know, triggers him. It just feels very weird. I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Vincent says in a confessional that one thing he knows 
is that he for damn sure does not want to lose Kim. But at the same time, he needs time to process and figure out the situation he's putting himself in and what that means. And I agree, Vincent. I wholeheartedly want that for you. Because <laughs> I feel like Vincent's probably a nice guy. Like, he's a little bit strange, but he seems like... I don't want this dude to be hurt just because I think he's a weirdo. You know, that's not how that works. He seems perfectly nice. He seems like a much nicer person than Kim, frankly. She's trying to be like covertly nice. And see, this is what I said. I don't like hippies. These people try to be nice. They're like, oh, free love. Blah, blah. And then she's going around being dickhead. And not picking up signs. And, and I'm sorry you were felt that way. That's not an apology. Moving on. Let's round it out with Alyssa and Mike. The time has come. They're now cleaning up the apartment because Mike's mom's coming to town. They're finally going to have the talk. So Mike says to Alyssa, I want to talk game. How are we going to approach having this conversation with my mom? And Alyssa tells Mike, I just feel like you need to make it very clear to her that this is something that you want. And I also feel like you might have to stand up for me and you might have to defend me a little bit. So Mike is like, yeah, I can, I can do that. <clears throat> yeah, sure. But I just want to make sure that, like, we don't get too wild. You know, I don't want to, I want to be able to explain ourselves calmly. And I also want to make sure that we answer all of my mom's questions. So then Alyssa gets a little bit of a toot, just a little. And she <laughs> says, you know how I get, Mike. Like, I'm very passionate. And he's like, yeah. I know, I just want to make sure that we're careful not to get too angry. So Alyssa then says, what's going to happen? Like, what do you think is going to happen? If your mom says, Mike, you've made a huge mistake. Mike says, well, listen, this decision is ultimately up to me, but I, it would be sad. So Alyssa says, listen, if the outcome isn't what it, we want it to be, you need to know that there's no going back. I'm not going to be cordial. Because I can't be around somebody who doesn't support my lifestyle. So we're we're on a precipice right now. So then, after that, Mike goes to have some free time with his friends, Eric and Chris. And they're broing out. They're out on the beach. People are surfing. And you can tell they're, like, having real bro time because all of them are wearing hats. And also in different fashions. Like, Eric is got the big Donald Duck bill and, the you know, the, the print. On the side, very urban outfitters. Chris is very classic, you know, a classic white boy, you know, front bill. Eric, not Eric, Mike has decided to um, go backwards. Backwards cap in a hat that I don't think is traditionally worn backwards. Like, it was a hat, but not like that. Like, it had the leather strap at the back. Like, it just seemed very Banana Republic. Also, what came to mind is, this is going to be a real deep cut, um, I think his name's Poochie from The Simpsons. They <laughs> created a cartoon dog named Poochie that I think was supposed to be kind of like Gruff McGruff, like the, oh, you know, like I'm going to teach the kids wise stuff. And it just was giving Poochie. Mike looked just like Poochie and I don't know why. So Eric and Chris are there to play good cop, bad cop. Chris, full bad cop. Eric is, you know, bringing up the rear. Chris, Mike, are you happy with your choices? Are, like, but really, are you happy with your choices? How do you feel? What do you do? How do you spend your time when Melissa's out on a date? So Mike says, you know, in the past, in the back of his mind, he would kind of wonder how the date was going and he would have like the doubts and the insecurities. Those would creep in. But now he's got full trust, full faith and trust, like a dog that's been crate trained. Like he's got run of the house. He's fine. He's not, you know, peeing in the corner. Like he's chill. Chris tells production that he's been concerned from the beginning of this relationship. And he's been really concerned about the dynamic. And if this dynamic has just been coming from Alyssa and Mike's just kind of going along with it. And as his friend, he just wants to make sure that Mike is making the right decisions. So then Eric, good cop says, I just want to make sure this is coming from Mike. And it's not a decision that's being forced on him. So Chris tells Mike, in the beginning, the situation really came off as like one-sided. So we just really want to be 100% clear that you're on board. Mike says, first of all, Alyssa had actually never heard about dating multiple partners before I brought it up. I'm the one who told her. 
And so Chris is like, okay, I didn't actually know that it happened that way. So Eric asked Mike, if you didn't have this agreement, what would have happened to your relationship? What do you really think? So Mike says, honestly, the cheating incident really kind of pushed our relationship forward. It really, uh, you know, forced us to think about things and take things seriously and really think about like what it is that we really wanted. So then Chris says in a confessional, to be honest, I think this whole thing is complete bullshit. I thought they were just covering up for a mistake that Alyssa made. But then Chris says, okay, for real, Mike, did you make this decision because you really wanted to be with Alyssa or was it because you didn't want to admit failure? Was it because you didn't want to be alone again? What was it? Mike says that actually he would have been like, okay with admitting failure, but then he does kind of say, yeah, I mean, being alone is kind of a scary feeling. So then Chris says, I just really want to make sure that you're not giving Alyssa an out. And this is really what you want. Mike says, I honestly feel like we're both better people for it. But then he says in a confessional that defending Alyssa and their story can be pretty tiring. And he just really wants to make sure that Alyssa isn't made to be the villain. So he hopes that like the guys think that he's being authentic and believe what he's saying. Cause he doesn't want to have this conversation again. So finally the parents are in town. Alyssa's parents are there. And I noticed that transition lens seemed to be genetic. They seem to run in the family. But anyway, they all go out to this winery to have a day and also the big talk. Alyssa tells us that even basically her parents are running defense. Like they're, they've got questions. They've got concerns about their relationship, but for the most part, they're pretty supportive. So she wants them there to like be the happy family to maybe uh, convince mama, Mike's mama that like everything's okay. Mike starts off by being like, I think we need to go back to the beginning of how we started to seek multiple partners. And his mom's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know the full story. And then she just chugs, chugs the rest of her cup of wine. So then Miss Mama tells us she actually found out about this open relationship via social media because they had changed their relationship status. Sounds very Facebook. And then Alyssa started posting about dating multiple people. And she really became very concerned at that point. But she and Mike have never really had a conversation about what's going on except for like he confirmed yeah she is dating multiple people and again are you telling her the whole truth like i said last week are you telling people the whole truth about you also dating multiple people because if we're not doing that then there's no point in having any of these conversations because we're not telling the whole truth mike simply saying oh it was actually my idea i'm the one who came up with this is it really um making people think that you're also open. They still think that you're being drug along and she's just pussy popping to whoever and you're at home eating hummus and acting like everything's okay. So then Mike's mom says, I don't really know why he chooses to live this way. If this is what she chooses, like, I don't get it. So Alyssa says that she wants to give context. So she was tells the line dancing story. She was out line dancing her roommate at the time knew this dude that she was trying to talk to. So Alyssa says, oh, he's got his friend. I'll be your wing woman. I'll talk to the guy while you, you know, do your thing with this other dude. So they start talking. Sparks fly, right? Immediate connection. And Alyssa tells a story. She's like, and I hadn't felt that since I met Mike. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get emotional, but it's, you know, like I just never felt that. That was the only like two times that I had felt that once with Mike and once with this guy. And then she says it was this huge struggle for six weeks until we hooked up with each other. And Mike's mom goes, Oh, that's not good. <laughs> so then Alyssa goes, Well, Mike was the one who said, I think what you want is to have multiple relationships. And his mom's like, I'm sorry. I just feel like this is justified cheating sometimes. Like, you're married. How can you justify going out with another person? Alyssa says, but it's consensual. And as long as it's consensual and we both agree, why do we have to limit the love in our lives? So the mom says, you don't have to limit the love in your life, but you can control yourself and you can not date other people. (laughs) Alyssa says in a confessional, She still thinks this is just about having sex. It's about a connection. 
and building a relationship with the right person. So then Mike's mom says, I used to think Alyssa was the right person for my son, but she's having relationships outside of their marriage. As a mom, I don't think that's the right thing for him. So the episode ends with Mike's mom saying, Mike, I know you love her very much, but would you have chosen this lifestyle if she hadn't cheated on you? To be continued, y'all. To be continued. Oh, I'm excited. I feel like we only have a few more episodes left, and I'm I'm excited to get into them. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Bye.